Welcome to the Palpably Unfair Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Posey. I am joined by Kate Madzu. Kate, welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not as good as I could be. Uh, we got the week one NFL schedule, and my Pittsburgh Steelers are facing the Buffalo Bills at home. By home, I mean their home. So I'm pretty sure they're going to body slam the entire Pittsburgh uh, offense and defense through a table at the Buffalo Bills field. I, I can't expect anything less than that. But yay, we have a schedule. We have like we could start analyzing and and talking about uh, who's going to suck sooner in the season versus later in the season. It's going to be so much fun. If you could not tell, the NFL will be releasing their schedule on Wednesday afternoon. We are going to dissect that. We are going to give you our favorite matchup from week one. We are going to give you the matchup that is not so good in week one. And I am going to touch on the game that Kate just talked about. (laughs) Spoiler. And we're also going to talk about some of our favorite matchups down the line. Um, just from the rumors and leaks that have been going on just early on Wednesday morning. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Yes, absolutely. So, Thursday night football, usually Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay. They get Dallas first. So, we're going to see Dak Prescott. Will we? I mean, everybody will watch the Cowboys. Everybody's always going to tune into the Cowboys, no matter how that team is. But, you know, Dak back on national TV. I like that. I like that matchup. And I think that, you know, that will be just a good game to watch just as a football fan. What was your initial take when you saw those two teams? See, I I think I was very excited to see the matchup, but to see it happen in week one, I don't want to see Dak Prescott shaking off rust against Tom Brady. I want to see him after maybe three or four games where he's you know, he's he's tested the ankle. He feels really good. He's building that confidence because uh, this is a matchup. I Who wouldn't want to watch the the weapons that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have employed against a Dallas defense that hasn't gotten much better, uh, significantly better. And then uh, on the other side of the ball, you have the Dallas Cowboys, uh, one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL. Super fun, super fun. But I do worry. What if we what if we do have a little bit of uh, some bumps in the road? Because you know what? The the Tampa Bay Bucks, they are a good defense. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little little bit of that rust falling off throughout. Yeah, there's always there's definitely always a worry about the rust. And what since everything is, you know, such an overreaction in week one, what would happen is Dak has a little rust because he didn't play for the majority of 2020. And people are going to be like, see, Dak sucks. See this, see that. <laughs> see, like, they paid on. him too much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, it's going to be Dallas Cowboys fans that are going to be doing the most of the whining. It's just, that's, that's going to be the way that it is. But I'm I'm ready for that narrative. So I'm going to like I'm just automatically I don't even know what the over under is for that game, but I'm smashing the under. I I just don't think we're going to see uh, all the fireworks that we necessarily might have if we got to see it a little bit later in the season. But that's OK. We've got some other we, we've got some other games a week one that we can talk about here. We've got the there full release. So in that game, the Bucks, and just real quick, since both of us are degenerates, proud degenerates, by the <laughs> way, um, the Bucks are seven and a half point favorites or seven point favorites, somewhere middling between those two numbers. Do you think that is too high? I do think that's a little high, um, especially with the fact that I would just generally think, especially as an opener, 
in the game uh, against, you know, a, a strong Tampa Bay defense who's going to be at home. I would just project this this game to be relatively lower scoring, but um, I, I would have them a little bit closer together. Even if they do have some of that rust, they still have Ezekiel Elliott. They still have uh, plenty of, of weapons there. I My issue is that I want to see Dak at full strength, but I, I think there's plenty there to make that a, a relatively close game with the the guys that they have on the roster. So let's talk about our favorite matchups, and I'm going to start in week one. So to me, I'm going with the Cleveland Browns against the Kansas City Chiefs. I love this. They're playing at Arrowhead Stadium. That is a late game kickoff, so that'll be on CBS, and I imagine everyone in the world will be tuning into that. So we have Baker Mayfield, we have Patrick Mahomes, and we have the Chiefs' new-look offensive line, who apparently it took them getting their teeth kicked in in the Super Bowl to invest (laughs) in their offensive line. So good on you, General Manager Brett Beach. And now Patrick Mahomes won't have to be running for his life However, I mean, the Browns also added to their defensive line this offseason. So uh, it'll be a really good matchup just in the trenches. And then you have all types of speed on the outside. So the Browns, they're getting OBJ back. I cannot wait to watch him play. I hope he is healthy because every year he has been my favorite receiver in the NFL. I still think he's underrated. I know he hasn't played in a while. I still think he's one of the, you know, the better. I would go as far as to say like top three receivers in the NFL. Um, they I also have – they brought back Higgins, who we I feel like we both have talked about. On yes, this show I, I love Richard Higgins. And like I'm I actually I have the box score up from their last yes. matchup. And like the fact that we got to see this good of a game last season with names like Richard Higgins, Donovan People Jones, Harrison Bryant. Like these were the the big playmakers, David and Joku, like. These were the guys that had a big impact. Jarvis Landry had 10 targets, seven receptions for 20 yards and a touchdown. Imagine this with OBJ back into the mix. I think that's so fun. So fun. So they also have a rookie that's pretty interesting, Anthony Schwartz, who's probably the fastest player in the draft or who the fastest player was just drafted. He ran a 10 flat 100 meter dash. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with track and field, DK Metcalf, who ran a 4.33, just ran a 10.36. So Schwartz can flat out fly. He's Olympic speed. So that'll be interesting to see him being implemented into Cleveland's offense. So yeah, just everything about this matchup is fun. And obviously you just talked about week one and how, you know, just weird, quirky things tend to happen, but there are there's so much talent on the field between these two teams that it'll it'll just be must see TV and hopefully you know we get some crazy type of points and it's not much so much as you know when these two teams met in the playoffs where it's lower scoring so yeah I'm pretty excited to watch that who was your week one matchup that you're looking forward to I can't believe I'm going to say this don't judge me listeners <laughs> loyal listeners do not judge me because it would be palpably unfair if you did. I'm going with the Jets versus the Panthers. (laughs) Again, never in my wildest dreams would I have said that that's like an exciting week one matchup. But I I love the storylines here. I love what each team has done to put themselves in a better position for the 2020 season. I love uh, the the Jets. The moves they've made are are interesting. They they've made the right move at coaching staff. They've got a new franchise quarterback. It's like new Jets. Who dis? And it's new Panthers who this, and you've got Christian McCaffrey getting back onto the field. Uh, Sam Darnold. I think we're finally going to see a version of Sam Darnold that we haven't seen before. And not, not even to say that he's going to play better because we don't know that he will, but 
at least I, I think we're going to have him put in the position where if he plays poorly, we can we can stop making the excuses. I think it could be a really fun and interesting game just from a narrative standpoint. You know, the Jets moving on, Sam Darnold comes back for the revenge game. That's going to be fun to watch. So unquestionably, these will be the best weapons that Darnold has ever thrown to ever. in his NFL career. So DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and then they drafted Terrence Marshall in the second round, who his offensive coordinator in college is calling plays in the NFL. And then, yeah, that Christian McCaffrey guy who is pretty solid himself. And they also drafted a tight end in the third round. So, and I mean, just you can keep going down and down the list. Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Trumbull, one well. of the best tight ends in this class. You have Chuba Hubbard who, like, let's say he had not declared uh, for this season. Let's say he had went in last year's draft like he should have. He would have been right. a much earlier pick, and he could have found himself uh, in a much better position for maybe some starting starting work, first and second down work, uh, as opposed to the situation that he's in. But there's a lot of really fun moving pieces that I think are going to make these uh, teams a little bit more exciting in the 2021 season than we've seen in recent years past, at least. And on the other side of the ball, you have Zach Wilson, who – we don't like what are we going to expect? He's a number two overall pick, but I feel like he is much just a bigger question mark than some of the other quarterbacks have taken just because the level of competition, not unlike Trey Lance, but he was playing at BYU and a lot of the games that Wilson played in, it either seemed like they were blowouts or they just weren't very competitive at all. So we're going to have to see what he can do. But at the same time, they had a very strong offseason like the Panthers. So Corey Davis, um, who I think is much better than people give him credit for. You will see Denzel Mims take a jump, I imagine. And then there's Jamison Crowder. And then there is my guy, Elijah Moore, who Love. I would have had no problem him going in the first. Yes, he is such a stud. So those three pass catchers right there. And then Makai Becton was a left tackle last year who they selected. And they're going to pair their first round pick with Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. So just doubling down on their quarterback. And they also are going to have a, a better defense, you would assume, with Robert Sala. So let me ask you this. Who had a better offseason, the Panthers or the Jets? I'm going to go with the Panthers just because I think they put themselves in a closer position uh, to actually being like a winning team. I think the the Jets have done a nice job, but I still think they have some work to do on offense. They drafted running back Michael Carter out of UNC, which I, I think is a great pick, but doesn't necessarily have that uh, full-bodied NFL like size that you would want in a running back yeah. for a three-down guy. So they're really just they're missing a, a a full-time running back. They have like Lamichael P. Ryan, Tevin Coleman, and Michael Carter. It just doesn't. That's not. I'm not super excited about that room in general. And I think that they could have made a little bit more of. Uh, a push and been a little bit more aggressive in terms of getting just a solid receiver. I think Corey Davis was a really nice grab. Denzel Mims, you know, jury's still out. Jamison Crowder, I think is pretty underrated, but uh, I wish I would have seen them go out and sign like a, a Kenny Galladay, a true wide receiver one, kind of like, you know, it, it, Odell Beckham. He is the wide receiver one. I, I don't think any of these guys fit that profile for me right now. And I think that, would have been a move I like to see them make. So I am, I am interested to see if 
now that Corey Davis is no longer has that, you know, top five, you know, label with him, if he just plays looser, he just plays better. So we'll see. And then, you know, just playing with a rookie quarterback, that's not going to be easy. So let's get on to the matchups that we did not like as much. And you started off, uh, for those that don't know, Kate, big Steelers fan. Kate, not going to enjoy week one <laughs> by, based on what I'm thinking is going to happen. I imagine she and other Steelers fans think the same. So my biggest disappointment was just the Bills and the Steelers. I feel pretty good about the Bills having the best roster in the NFL. I think that they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. I cannot say the same for the Steelers, which is why this and, you know, you can't match up everybody against, you know, the top teams in the NFL. But I just feel like this is not a matchup that the Steelers want to enter the season in just because I feel like the Bills are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. I don't know if Josh Allen is going to continue to play at that MVP type of level. But there's not going to be this crazy drop off for him. Um, just to talk about what the Steelers did this offseason. So, first of all, Najee Harris, absolute stud. I know you're not supposed to take a running back in the first round. He is a guy that you take in the first round. And I do not care what anybody says. He is that <laughs> good and he will be that good. However, after that, Kate, I'm going to need your help because I don't know, man. I don't, um, I, I don't know if I would have took the tight end in the second round that high. I don't know that they did any and they don't really have to do anything on their defense just because they really have a strong defense. But I they got some good player in their secondary last year. I don't know if that's sustainable. And I also just don't think Big Ben is a guy who is going to be able to last very long just as far as him being able to play at a high level um, into the season. Luckily, it's week one, but I just think the Bills are going to stomp Pittsburgh. Tell me why I am wrong. I'm hoping you're wrong. Um, I, I, so a couple of things about the Steelers that I think are are just generally overlooked. Ben Roethlisberger did get injured last season. He had, I believe, two MCL injuries. And that's really when we saw uh, just a, a more significant dip in the average depth of target, which has been killer. I mean, when you're only throwing the ball five yards down the field, you're not even making it to the first down marker with that target on uh, you know half of your passes, that's a problem. That's a huge problem for just your offensive weapons, the way you can spread the field. It That's not going to work. But the, the key that was missing last season, their offensive line, they did get rid of uh, Villanueva in free agency. He went over to the Ravens. But I think it's actually kind of interesting. Villanueva was one of the biggest liabilities on that offensive line last season. So Will we see some shuffling? Yes. Do I think that uh, Pat Fryermuth can be uh, maybe an instant impact guy as a blocker? I think so. I think he's a pretty well-rounded NFL tight end uh, coming into the league. And then I think their third-round pick, I'm really liking Kendrick Green, all the research I'm doing, uh, graded very well as a, a rushing a rush blocker. Um, so if they throw him maybe in at, at center, we, we'll see how it shakes out and how the depth chart works out. But I do think that, I mean, the offensive weapons on the Steelers side, it's it's really hard to argue with the talent of Najee Harris. And I, I mean, just this whole wide receiver core is incredible. The Bills defense, like, let's say they do go ahead and, uh, you know, maybe lean on that run game a little bit more. The Bills were pretty middle of the pack against the run last season. We'll see how the draft picks that they've added in this uh, 2021 draft will will impact that run. But 
I think there's there's a chance, but I'm I'm not holding my breath. It it really hurts to say, but as somebody who I really I enjoy watching the Bills, um, I'm I'm bummed because I I wish I could enjoy both teams in their first games in Week One, but I I cannot. It, it won't happen. So I know he gets a lot of flack, but you have a chance so long as Mike Tomlin is the head coach. Yep. And that is a compliment because I, I do think he's a lot better coach than giving credit for it. Even though he's been around for what feels like 50 years, uh, <laughs> people still kind of give him a bad rap. So I will say, so speaking of the Bills defense, they double down on uh, edge rushers here. So um, I imagine they're going to be hungry and they're going to be wanting to get after uh, Big Ben there. So let's talk about uh, your biggest disappointment who do you got for week one I'm actually gonna go with the 49ers versus the Lions just blah just I can't think of a more blah I don't care game than than this and you know what I don't know who you could have pinned the Lions against that I wouldn't have picked this for my disappointing game because I just feel like nobody wants to watch the Lions this season and I don't I don't blame any of us but I, I think this was an awful, awful scheduling move. I think with the the splash the 49ers made this offseason with trading up to number three, taking Trey Lance, uh, drafting Trey Sermon, like that's going to be really fun to watch. They've got a, a good defense. They should be a healthier team this season. So I, I want to see them up against a, an equally competitive team right out of the gate. Uh, you you put, you know, some of your other your rookies into other situations. We don't know if we'll see Trey Lance week one, but if he does, like honestly, great, great move to put him under center because the Lions defense is not going to uh shake him up or rattle him or roll him. It's just boring. It's it's such yeah. a boring game. It's blah. I don't want to no. A pass on the Detroit Lions <laughs> indefinitely. Not not a fan of Dan Campbell and his theatrics, are you? <laughs> if we could have put like the 49ers, if we saw, you know, a, a divisional rivalry game, like right out of the gate, I think that would have been fun. 49ers versus Seahawks. I think that would have been so sexy for week one. This is not sexy. And the 49ers are a sexy team right now. Do better, NFL. Do better. And this goes back to, you know, it's so tough to pair all these top teams with each other. And I don't know if it's even fair to convince or to make the argument for the 49ers being a top team, considering they just came off of a six and 10 season. However, um, yeah, the Lions are as unsexy as it gets. So first of all, their quarterback is Jared Goff, and we can probably start and stop there. Yep. But, you know, they took a lineman who is never going to be a sexy thing to talk about. And then their defense was so, so, so bad last year. Um, they spent a lot of picks after the first round, uh, their third, their fourth, their second, their third on the defense, uh, specifically the defensive line. But it's just hard for rookies to make an impact right away. Speaking of um, the 49ers, they're going to play the Lions and the Eagles to start the season. Some feel like, you know, maybe that is going to be even more of a reason to, you know, roll Trey Lance out there to start. But uh, I don't know. Again, it's a rookie. He's making the jump and you want to just make sure that he is a OK. But if there were two defenses to start <laughs> a season, it would be Philly and Detroit. OK, so we have no disagreement there, by the way. 49ers, Lions, it's a bit of a snoozer. There is nothing <laughs> that I can even argue with on that. And I cover the freaking 49ers for a living. So wake me up uh, when the game's over. <laughs> right, right. Uh, this, that's one of those games where you're going to have another, like me, 
specifically, I'll have another game on um, in the background so I can actually watch something entertaining because, yeah, I just can't imagine a Lions game being entertaining. So let's move on to the rest of the schedule. And before we do that, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about what we're looking forward to seeing. All right, we are back and we're going to talk about the best game and our biggest disappointment each moving on after week one. So, Kate, let's start with you. Where are you going? What are you looking forward to based on the leaks and the rumors so far? The leaks and the rumors have been excellent. We already have like three, I think, at this moment. We already have three full schedules leaked out. It's been fantastic. We've gotten a lot of data so far. But the best rumor yet is the Chiefs-Bills matchup, Sunday Night Football Week 5. Give me all of the Josh Allen versus all of the Patrick Mahomes. Give me these offenses going head-to-head. This is like the most fun game of all time, and obviously my <laughs> my favorite running back from the 2020 class, Zach Moss. I He's going to have broken out by this point. It's just oh, going to be a, a fantasy fest. I think, and this is the this is the game where I want to see the remake of the the Chiefs Rams game uh, in prime time a couple of years ago. That's what I'm projecting for Week Five, smashing the over, and I don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> okay, you don't know what the over is. Let's predict that. What do you? So let me say over under fifty three. Over. Do you think it's going to be more than that? Oh, wow. So you're you're thinking points, points. This one's going to be nonstop. This is going to be a big mama jama and it's going to be fun. I do think that Vegas is going to score this appropriately, though. So I don't think they're they're going to give you a bargain on on the point total. But I just think this is such a fun. This would be a fun matchup at any point. But Sunday night football, lock that in as one of the games of the season, please. As long as everybody's healthy. And that's what I like too. get it, get it early on in the season while you hope uh, you, you've still got all of your roster nice and healthy and fresh. It's, it's going to be a fun one. So apparently this is just a Bill's love fest show because oh my, my gosh, coming up. I know, I know December 1st, Buffalo bills at Tampa Bay. So you have the goat, the best to ever do it, Tom Brady. And he's going against Josh Allen, who we have talked about, who, if even if he plateaus, he's going to be a very, very, very good player. If he keeps ascending, we're talking about something special. And Josh Allen's just fun to watch because you don't know what he's going to do. At the very best, he's making these crazy throws. And then there are times where he does like these head scratching plays where, hey man, what are you doing? But that's what makes him fun to watch. And the Bills are just such a well coached team. Tampa Bay brought everybody back, which I loved. And they're going to be another team to watch, obviously, because they're fresh off a Super Bowl. But I, you just want to see, you know, how they answer. And Tom Brady, as you imagine, he's going to have that team ready to go week in and week out. So I'm looking forward to the Bills in Tampa Bay because I'm not going to say it's going to be like the Chiefs Rams or even the Chiefs Bills early in the season that you just mentioned. But it's going to be an entertaining game and there will be plenty of points. And as you can tell, based on the teams that we are picking that's what we root for. We root for points. We root so, for the Bills also. I, yeah, and also, yeah. I just want to go back, Kyle, because you said the GOAT is going to face off against Josh Allen. The GOAT is going to face off against Tom Brady. Ah, Boom. I said it. I like it. I said it. I like it. Okay. Um, so since we're here, since we're throwing out all these pretty – are you calling your shot that Josh Allen 
MVP 2021? Let's do it. Let's do it. I am I'm I'm ready. I think Josh Allen was ready last season. It was so unfortunate because if Josh Allen would have had his 2020 season pretty much any other time, any other year, it it would have been an MVP season, but I mean Aaron Rodgers, he just he played too darn well. But yeah. I I think that they've again put themselves in a really good position with the weapons that they have, I think they're, they've just done such a good job at building around from the top, top to bottom, bottom up, however you want to say that. Josh Allen has every single tool that he needs to, to be able to succeed. And I mean, let's be honest, they're still in that position where I think they are undoubtedly the, the best team in their division. They've got that edge over the NFC East. It's like whichever team is leading the the NFC or AFC East uh, in any given year. If they if there's anybody with a clear edge, just just give it give it all to them because the the AFC East is just it's a wash. It's it's nothing. So the Bills are stacked, and they already had Stephon Diggs, who is arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL, and nobody would you know nobody's going to debate that. Cole Beasley who had an all-pro vote, and no matter what you think about that, he was good enough to have an all-pro vote. They added Emmanuel Sanders, who has been stuck with middling quarterbacks the last couple of years, and, and and I mean that by you know Drew Brees, Jimmy Garoppolo, just aren't guys who are going to challenge throws down the field. So I think, if anything, Emmanuel Sanders, we could be looking at this as one of the best off-season additions because I really, really like his fit with a quarterback gunslinger mentality like Josh Allen. So we got to talk about the disappointments. And we both have a lot of the same when we're talking about, I'll, I'll start, the tradition The tradition of the Lions playing on Turkey Day. I don't know why we're doing this. I don't know why we cannot change this. What has to happen for them to change? How many times have they lost? Maybe I should have had this ready, but I would love to know the number of games in a row that the Lions have lost on Turkey Day. It seems like most of these games aren't even competitive. They're just not a fun team. And now we have to watch Jared Goff on national TV in the middle of the day, presumably while our family is around. So most people, they watch football on Thanksgiving to get away from their family. Now they are trying to get away from their family with Jared Goff and that roster, just not a good roster right now. Then I'm sure they're going to do a great job of rebuilding it, but it's not there right now. So um, just, we have to have to have to get the lions off of national TV. The lions official record their full complete record on Thanksgiving, uh, 37, 42 and two. So they have a losing record on Thanksgiving as we would have all projected. They've lost the last three matchups. Last Thanksgiving game one was against the Minnesota Vikings in 2016. I, I, I just, again, wake me up as soon as the lions game is over. This is one of my disappointments. So I, I'm just going to say there's, there's three Thanksgiving games, right? One of them, one of them is a, a good, fun matchup, but these other two, these other two are just garbaggio. Um, I'm I'm loving, loving the matchup at home, or sorry, I'm loving the matchup where uh, the Bills play the Saints. Again, it's a Bills love fest. They're going to yes. take the stage, prime time, Thanksgiving night, very fun. But what about, what about the rest of these games? We've got the Raiders on Thanksgiving, the Lions. Like what? <laughs> I, I don't want to watch any of these teams on Thanksgiving. I don't. 
I I need alcohol. If I'm if I'm gonna need a, a stiff drink after my engorgement of food, and then I want to sleep through these games because it I don't I don't want to I don't want to watch it. I'd wake me up when it's time for the bills. So you can flex out Sunday night games from week five to week seventeen. You should be able to flex out Thanksgiving games. Agree because as we know, like leading up to this. The odds of the Raiders and the Lions having a winning record or just being competitive, like they're low. And why do we have to pretend like that is not the case? Because this happens every year when we do this. So, yeah, the Turkey Day slate, a bit of a buzzkill, a bit of a bummer. So hopefully, you know, these other games that we're talking about, um, they, they just live up to the hype. And, and usually they do. And to be fair, the NFL, they do give us games every now and then where we weren't expecting much. And hopefully we get something better because my other disappointment I saw one leak where the Giants are playing the Chiefs on mm. Monday night football. Somebody went through the schedule and was like, you know what would be good against Patrick Mahomes on national TV? Danny <laughs> Dimes, baby. Let's do it. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know where. I don't know how. But I would love to hear that explanation because, you know, NFC East, who have, you know, the biggest fans, the best, not the best fans, the biggest fan base, and they're always going to be covered. So. The Giants, interesting. Hopefully, Saquon is healthy by the time that they play. You know, hopefully, Kenny Galladay is doing his thing. Hopefully, we get a healthy season from John Ross. But, but think of everything that I'm saying right now. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, I love Darius Slayton. Um, Kenny Galladay, he's fine. I mean, what? But you know, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, these guys are they going to be enough to you know score, keep up with the Chiefs? The Giants, in their defense. They did have a good defense last year, but it all it always comes back to the quarterback. And I don't know what we've seen from Danny Dimes to put him on the national stage here. Do you have any thoughts on the G-Man? I, I just think it's all the moving pieces. I think they did uh, pretty well in free agency. The move to acquire a true wide receiver one for Danny Dimes. This is kind of like the moment. It's the anti-Jared Goff situation where – They've put him in a position where, yes, put up or shut up. You're either a quarterback or you're not. And what if he is? I don't know. I don't know. Like that, it could be a sneaky good matchup. And, you know, I I don't know. I, I don't think the Giants defense is good enough to stop Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, we will see some uh, glimmer of hope for Danny Dimes. Or, you know what, if nothing else, maybe he breaks off a 90-yard run and trips at the end zone maybe there <laughs> he is good for that there are quarterbacks though who would kill to have these weapons so Kyle Rudolph Evan Ingram those are your tight ends two tight ends who will be able to you know give you production and then I mentioned Slayton Galladay John Ross they drafted Kadarius Tony so he has plenty of weapons it's just about you know he's out of ex- Daniel Jones is out of excuses now so um, there's no better way to end a show on the Giants talking about the Giants football team. So we want to thank you for listening. Please rate, subscribe, review, leave us five stars, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Kate, do you have anything that you want to plug before we get on out of here? Yeah, give me a follow at FF Ball Blast. We'll talk some football and you can tell me uh, what how badly the Steelers will lose on on twitter you can you can let me know week one what to expect i'd love to hear uh love to hear everybody's thoughts this was a a good time and and everybody enjoyed the schedule release because there's lots more to come 